Welcome to Closing Time. Conversations on commercial real estate, development, brokerage, and the economy. Presented by Capital Rivers, the leading disruptor in commercial real estate. Our host for this episode, Greg Aguirre. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Now that we're getting into the spring season, it's the perfect time to talk about property management. I've got Rebecca Story here who oversees our property and asset management division. And uh, she's been in the business for a long time and is going to share with us uh, the asset management life cycle and why it's so important. One of the costliest mistakes made by both private and institutional clients is not hiring the right property manager and asset manager. The right property manager and asset manager will not only maintain the value of your asset, but most importantly, create value. Rebecca, thank you for joining us. Hey guys. Yeah, I'm happy I get to talk about this. There's no better time considering it is spring. So we've got roof leaks with the rain and then the next day it's it's hot as 88 degrees and we've got HVAC issues. So this is the time really that we're, we're critical. We're going over these. Like Greg said, talking about the value needing to be brought, I mean, we know planning is everything. Planning for just a plan and planning for the unexpected. Really quick, let's talk about, uh, because I think there's some confusion often, uh, the difference between asset management and property management. And I think the confusion uh, really comes into play because everyone defines it a little bit differently. So the the way that we define asset management here at Capital Rivers (laughs) is Asset management is a focus on strategically improving the financial performance and investor objectives of a real estate asset through its life cycle. So really it's a a holistic approach to really looking at the entire asset or portfolio of assets and working out a strategy to achieve the goals of the ownership. Property management is management of the physical asset. So a property manager is really the point of contact for tenants as well as the party responsible for preliminary budgeting, accounts receivable, accounts payables, obtaining competitive pricing from vendors, and overseeing on-site personnel. So I just wanted to, to kind of give those definitions to just set the, uh, set the tone for our conversations going forward as we kind of discuss these things. Uh, so there's an understanding of, of what asset management is and what property management is. And the way that CRC does it, the way we do it here. So Rebecca, why is property management so important to a property owner uh, to maintain the value or, or even increase the value of their asset? Sure. So like you're saying, this is a holistic approach. It's a natural approach to the way that we maintain the center on a daily basis where your eyes and the ears on the property, we take the calls, we handle the emergencies, but then it flows into just maintaining the property on a yearly level, on a five-year level, making sure that the property is maintained and also growing. If that means project planning ahead of time, what kind of investment can we make into the property to also turn and make that investment profitable, more profitable for the property owner? So it could be a one-year plan. It could be a five-year plan, but the way that the cycle works is it, it is ever, it's always ongoing. So property management is the management of the physical asset. So Rebecca, can you tell me really what that means on a day-to-day basis? What are your tasks? And then what sets you apart from another property manager? What makes you really excel? Yes, yes. So on the daily, I mean, we take the calls. We are handling the eyes and the ears of the property. We maintain the actual um, 
the actual physical look of the shopping center, but with the vendors that we work with, it's really though the communication that sets us apart. So it's our tenant relationships. It's our communication between the tenants and the owners. The owners is ultimately who we work for, but it takes those tenants to bring that relationship with our tenants to really bring it full circle. When usually when the tenants are calling, it's not always, uh, they just want to, don't want to call to say hi (laughs) um, or wish you, you know, a, a good day. Right. So, I could imagine it's a pretty difficult position to be in. I mean, usually there's something wrong when they're calling or, you know, they owe some rent or there's an issue. Mm -hmm. So how do you handle those inbound calls from tenants when something's kind of gone awry or they're maybe not too happy, you know, in order to keep them uh, happy with the property and with the property manager and continuing to pay rent? Right. And it is, it is a tough spot. You never get that call that says, I am so glad that my rental increase started or, you know, hey, we had this break in something and and there is always something but the difference is is that if you care about the shopping center me as the property manager the tenant can tell if i'm actively working with them on something if i am communicative with them as well as with the owner to make sure that we can get their problems addressed quickly efficiently that's what that's what keeps us in a good relationship i'm not always going to give the answer that they love most of the time probably not because you know there's there's always the difference between what the goal is there but I'm always going to communicate it. I'm always going to get back to them. I'm always going to be picking up the phone when they call. So as a property manager, you're doing a lot, right? You're doing preliminary budgeting. You're doing accounts receivable, accounts payable. You're going out and getting competitive pricing from various vendors, whether it's landscaping or asphalt or fire sprinkler monitoring or or whatever the case may be. You're overseeing the on-site personnel. I mean, you're really the the eyes and ears for the property owner of the shopping center and probably have, uh, you know, the, the best idea of what's really going on. And so I think it's really important for property owners to realize that, you know, hiring the right property manager is critical because they're the ones that are, are interacting with the tenants and, you know, maintaining the property and know exactly what's going on. And, and so, you know, like any other asset, whether it's, you know, stocks or bonds or whatever the case may be, you know, you have to, you have to maintain those investments and uh, real property investments require maintenance. Mm -hmm. So kind of walk me through, you know, your typical uh, property management assignment. So, you know, you create a budget and then kind of what's the next step? Sure. I mean, even before creating the budget, you really need to get a feel for, build that relationship with your owner, build the relationship with what kind of property it is, because you can't build a budget until you see what the owner has in mind, what their goals are with this property, right? I mean, before you even start, what does this investment look like? What is it that they're trying to get out of it? And what can we actually, looking at the investment, bring it to? So, I mean, that's the part where you're you're doing your market research. You're kind of seeing what standing the shopping center is at that initial period. And then you're going to build your budget based on that, as well as changing out different things maybe needed for the center to to uh, to get you to that point, to get you to the goal that we're looking for. And so, you know, I think you and I have both experienced the difference between an, an active property manager and a passive property manager. In fact, we recently acquired a property and I would say that the property manager was fairly passive. And what I mean by that is they weren't necessarily looking at ways to improve the value of the property. And uh, when I say that, you know, there's a number of ways that you can improve the value. You know, one might be, you know, if a tenant's been month to month for, 
you know, a year, it might be time to have a conversation with them and see how you can get them onto a longer term lease. Um, or maybe they're just not doing well and it's time to find a new tenant to replace them. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the rents are way below market, which was the case in the property that we purchased. And, you know, there's an opportunity to increase the rents. Um, maybe the leases are modified gross leases. And now there's an opportunity, you know, with the lease coming up or if it's if it's already expired to convert it over to a triple net lease. Yes, I think that also comes in with uh, what we were just talking about with the budgeting as well. It's the planning and planning for unexpected. So you have the planning for that year, what goals that you want to accomplish to make the shopping center look nice or any additions that you could make. But sometimes it really is investing in the property to get a better outcome, like painting the buildings. While it might be more of a costly expense, we know that it could attract a better tenant that we want to either get the old tenant out that's not paying as much, or it's a vacant space. And even though you're putting money into a vacancy, you're making it attractive to that great tenant that's going to pay great rent. Or a monument sign. Or a monument sign, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the monument sign on this property that we acquired was uh, was kind of falling <laughs> down. And so, yes. you know, um, Rebecca went and got some proposals and, and we'll be putting in a new monument sign that's significantly better. Just, just adding lighting to it. I mean, being able to light up on the street and people see it from farther away from the old wood sign. I mean, that right there was an addition. And those those things don't necessarily translate into an immediate value add, but they do translate into overall higher rents over a, a, the, a period of time. Mm-hmm. You know, it also, which translates into a higher value, right? And so being able to understand when the right time when it's the when it's the right time to make those capital improvements, mm-hmm. and that's where the budgeting and planning process comes into play, uh, is really critical. You know, also, you know, vendor management. I mean, I'd, I'd say that some property management companies, you know, they kind of go with what they're comfortable with, so they've got their list of vendors. And so, what are some ways that you, Rebecca, vet out vendors and make sure they're a good fit for the client, for the property, and for Capital Rivers? Yeah. So again, going back to even what makes a great property manager, it really is that communication with my vendors too. It takes the vendors being great at getting back to me and keeping me updated that I appreciate that makes it worth it. They might be a little bit more expensive to someone else, but to another company. But if I know that they are updating, keeping track with the tenants, keeping everyone updated, I mean, sometimes that little bit of extra is worth it. Just like how we're able to manage shopping centers in Gridley and and Huntington Beach currently, because I have chosen vendors that work with me constantly, send me photos. They keep me in the loop when I can't be at the center every single week or every single month. It does. It takes that communication as well as though I feel like a good vendor should know that you're pricing them out, that you're always getting competitive bids. It shouldn't be just based on I've had this working experience with them. It should be that you're trying new people because there are a lot of great companies out there. And we manage areas, um, all different areas in California. So, we well, it's and, you know, treating the vendor with respect too, and in in mm-hmm. return, they treat us with respect, which means that you know the client's getting you know high level of service. Right, it's a working relationship, just like it is with my tenants. I mean, it, and I like too when vendors are cooperative with tenants. They all open at different hours. They all have different needs, and and when a vendor is like willing to adjust their schedule or do something special to make sure that that tenant, their business isn't impeded on. We appreciate that as a property management company, because we want to make sure our tenants are happy in the end, right? They're paying, they're paying the rents. So property management, you get a lot of, a lot of calls of issues or things that have happened. Do you have a story of like your craziest 
property management encounter? Oh, um, I have two. Should we pick fire or flood? <laughs> oh, maybe we'll have to go with two. How about we'll start with fire? Okay. Uh, fire. It was a um, it was a holiday weekend. I want to say it was Veterans Weekend. And I get a call from the fire monitoring company saying that your OSNY has gone off. Now that means that there's water flowing in the building. That means your fire sprinklers are shooting water, meaning that the building is that hot that either smoke or fire had started. And it was a property that I'm about 45 minutes away. And of course, these things always happen in the middle of the night. I want to say it was at like 2 or 3 a.m. And so I jump in the car and I am wearing, you know, it's, I didn't realize it's November. Were you going to put out the fire or? (laughs) Yeah, I was actually trying to get them access if they needed it into any part or normally they just rip it, you know, rip off the doors or whatever they have to do. But they do like to have a property manager on site if they can get into the electrical room or whatnot easier instead of having to spend the time. Plus they also just have to notify you too. So so what burnt down? What was it? Uh, it, it was, was like an a, office building, industrial? It was a retail building. Um, okay. Yeah. And it ended up being a construction issue that was prior, 10 years prior. So you can't, you know, with uh, the statute of limitations, you couldn't really do much. It just happened to be an unfortunate event. Um, and when I showed up, it was the entire Natomas and Sacramento fire crew on this building. There was like 10 trucks. Jeez. And I thought maybe it was just a small smoke they're putting out. No, I get to the corner and the building is flaming high. <laughs> I was like, oh goodness, that's where we're at. <laughs> well, that, so that brings up another uh, good point, which is um, insurance uh-huh. and, uh, you know, maintaining insurance, main, you know, adding additionally insured, um, you know, working with the uh, property owner and the tenants insurance carriers to make sure that there's proper coverage, like yes. loss of rents insur- uh, insurance, which in that case, you know, uh, where there's a destruction the landlord had the proper insurances in place, they would still continue to collect rents, things like that. There'd be enough funds available to rebuild it. So that's another thing that that a good property manager will do is they will work with your insurance agents. They will understand the insurance uh, requirements either per the lease or, or suggest certain coverages or endorsements for the property owner's um, you know, protection. And that extends, you know, also to financial reporting and things like that, working with the property owner's CPA or tax advisor mm-hmm. in order to get the get the reports that they need and that sort of thing. And how, how involved that. are you in in that process? I mean, I, I, I see what you do and you're pretty involved, but maybe kind of share, you know, how often you work with the insurance companies and things like Mm -hmm. that. Well, I mean, especially in this case. So that's the whole point of me showing up at two, three in the morning. I'm documenting everything because I do know this is going to have to go through insurance, especially when you see the building aflame as it was. So that's um, your first thought too, is is what do you have to do to make sure you're meeting the the insurance requirements? And that is documenting. That's also not neglecting anything. So you're immediately calling out remediation. You're going to immediately try and get that building back to where the tenants, because this was a fully... Uh, leased up building, right? So now we're looking at it as the tenants aren't going to be able to work. And no insurance company is going to want to see you dragging to either rebuild or get started on stuff. So yeah, remediation immediately there, getting the locks and doors, getting the building safe and secure so that more damage doesn't occur after that, because you could, you could have break-ins after that and whatnot. So well, then, you know, you're also involved with uh, helping rebuild the property, the building or the asset. So, you know, making sure that the general contractor has the right certificates of insurance in place, that the landlord is added as additionally insured, that 
um, you know, working with uh, with the contractor and the ownership to get lien releases, things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, so the property manager, I think, you know, it, at least I don't say everyone has this view, but but a lot of people, I think, they, they just view them as collecting rent and paying bills. Which, of course, there's some property managers that do that, but that's the the bare bare minimum, and that's not protecting an owner's asset and really being part of the overall team. Which leads us into the the uh, idea of an asset manager and the asset management life cycle. And this is what really gets me excited because this is what we do here at, at Capital Rivers. In addition to the property management side, is you know we get involved from the very, very beginning all the way through to the end. And the beginning phase is the planning phase. So that's, you know, working with a client and understanding what their goals are and doing market research on the market that that uh, they're looking to invest in or markets, uh, depending on, you know, their goals they're trying to achieve. Identifying uh, certain properties, doing uh, in-depth financial modeling, you know, to make sure it hits certain cash on cash returns or um, IRRs, working with the capital markets team to secure the right debt, whether it's construction to perm or uh, you know an interest only to perm or whatever the case may be to best suit that, that particular uh, asset and, and the goal that's trying to be achieved. And the asset manager will be involved in this process as well you know, providing budgets, preliminary budgets, mm-hmm. financials, things like that. Can you think of some other things that maybe I've missed that that a asset manager would uh, be involved with at, at this level? Yeah, I think what you had, you had mentioned it previously was um, evaluating the current tenant mix that's in there as well, where the tenants are at, what the status is, where can we improve just on the on those items too? If it's the rents, if it's you know, month to month tenants, if it's vacancies and stuff, it's working. I mean, we're a full service company. So working on those vacancies. So the strategic planning being mm-hmm. part of, uh, you know, creating that that plan. Mm-hmm. Long-term plan. Long-term. So then we get into the acquisition phase. Do you think of some other things maybe during the due diligence phase that you might be involved in? Even going back to like the insurance as well. So, I mean, all mm, of those people point. that are on the property, it's it's making sure you're compliant. That's safety first. And then, you know, you, so the client acquires the property. Now you've got the execution phase. So, you know, we've done a good job of, of the pre-planning, financial modeling. We've got the right capital structure in place. Did the due diligence on the asset. Everything checks out, looks good. Close on the property. And this is where a lot of property owners, both private and institutional, kind of just check out. And, uh, you know, they hire a property manager, they don't, you know, really uh, do their research, hire the right one, and they just, you know, collect the uh, the rents and pay the bills. So this goes back to hiring the right property manager, somebody that's got a pulse on what's happening, but also executes on the plan. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that the property manager is involved with the asset manager, and it could be the same person or company but in the pre-planning and acquisition phase. Absolutely. Would you you agree? I would, because that execution is going to be done by the property manager or the asset management. I mean, you really do need that team effort to make sure we're all on the same goal, meeting the owner's goal, right? So you're you're the property manager's executing. They're they're doing the day-to-day work for the most part. Then you get into the maintenance and evaluation phase. So 
you know, you've acquired the property, you've executed on the strategy, whether it's a value add strategy, you're adding additional tenants or increasing rents or developing a pad or selling off parts of a, of a property, whatever the case may be. Now you're at a, in a stabilized phase. And so it's important that on a regular basis, just like a, a stock portfolio or, or even your home that you, you know, look at on whether it's a quarterly, semi-annual or annual basis, how that asset's performing, is there maintenance that needs to be done? You know, is there, you know, maybe some tax laws changed, maybe some accounting rules changed. And so how does that impact the asset? How does that impact the ownership? And so an asset manager is going to get involved in that process, which then brings in the property manager because they're going to want to know from the property manager, you know, what are deferred maintenance items? How are things working? Was there any unexpected thing that came up that ended up being costly? You have to take that into consideration. Unexpected things happen at properties all the time due to just people, right? I mean, we have cars going through storefronts or things like that. You never know what can happen. Well, and I mean, a good example is we had a car that yeah. went through our, our storefront <laughs> so recently. You, <laughs> um, you know, and then, uh, you know, another consideration, uh, particularly this year in 2022, is bonus depreciation. So, you know, if the asset was acquired in 2022 and you're planning on doing some big capital improvement, you know, it might be important to get that capital improvement done in 2022. So you get 100% bonus depreciation versus, you know, next year you only get 80%. And so, you know, discussing the timing of some of those critical uh, decisions you know, is important. You know, we've got one property now where we went through a very detailed sell hold analysis, which is this next phase, the disposition phase. And, you know, we have, Rebecca was involved in it. Our in-house counsel was involved with it. Our uh, tax advisor was involved with it. Our accountant was involved with it because it gets very complicated. You know, we're talking about potentially selling a portion of this particular property. But then the question is, well, okay, we got to pay back the initial investors, their equity. We've got a cost segregation study they were doing. We've got tax consequences uh, for the uh, the members of the entity that owns the property. And then you've got cap rate considerations and you've got, you know, future capital improvements. And, and so, that process uh, as an asset manager is critical because that's what determines, do I sell it? Do I hold it? Do I refinance it? You know, what do you do? Uh, And then the cycle continues and maybe you sell it and you do an exchange and you're looking to buy something else. Now you go back to the planning phase again. And uh, it's just such a valuable component. You know, even if it's just a small property to have, the property manager and asset manager, which again, can be one and the same involved in this entire cycle. Right. Especially, you know, having that relationship with the tenants, when you're looking at that, that end goal, you're going to say, how does this affect the overall shopping center to make sure that um, say you sell off a piece of it, or you develop a certain part of it? How does that affect the common areas that all the tenants are going to be sharing that, that again, goes right back to your planning and budgeting. It really is a full circle cycle. So to end this or kind of wrap it up, what, what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that you see property managers make? The biggest one, not caring. 
not caring, not seeing the value in the property, not taking the initiative, not taking the initiative with their tenants, their vendors, and they really are just sitting there collecting rent and paying the bills. It seems like that happens pretty frequently. The tenants can absolutely tell. I mean, how many times have we heard from our tenants? I can tell. She cares. She cares. It really does take caring about the shopping center. They see it. Your vendors are going to see it. The vendors are going to want to make sure that you're happy with it because I'm communicating that I need that this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for the goals that the owner has set for me. Well, I appreciate your time, Rebecca. This was really great. And um, if anyone wants to see the full asset management lifecycle, we have it on our website at uh, capitalrivers.com. And I uh, appreciate you taking the time and going through this, uh, this life cycle with us and talking about property management and asset management. And uh, I appreciate the time. Yes, thank you. Thank you for downloading Closing Time, presented by Capital Rivers Commercial. If you're interested in partnering with us, visit CapitalRivers.com to learn more. And follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram for the latest updates and real estate opportunities.